go. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Portsmouth Running Podcast, uh, episode 23, or I think it is, Dave. I think, that's, I, I think it's about there. Oh, I don't know that, but, uh, um, <laughs> I'm Dave, and you are? I'm David Harvey. Nice to see you. Well, nice to talk to you again, Dan. Yeah, I can't, can't, can't quite see you at the moment, but um, no, we certainly no. did spend a lot of time seeing each other on, on the weekend. <laughs> How are you recovering? I'm okay, actually, and my current experience is I'm, I'm working from home from a hammock in my garden. So, oh, lovely. Proper chill out recovery time for me. So, that's lovely. That sounds I- ideal, especially on a day like today. It's absolutely roasting. It is. It's wonderful. It's one, this is just how it should be all year round. Yeah, absolutely. That's really, really, really good. I'm, uh, I'm certainly looking forward to, uh, to running in a sec, going yeah. out to lunch time for a, for a few miles. And um, yeah, it's going to be, uh, going to be interesting. But um, how, are you, how are you recovering and stuff? How's, how are your legs? Because we obviously went across to the Isle of Wight on Saturday and decided to run around um, the island with a, with, a, with a group who were, who were really good enough to, to join us for the entire thing. So it's a massive shout out to Dan Williams um and ian who uh, who joined us for most of the route and also joe, joe wade as well who joined us for a few miles but how did you how did you find it all um i actually found it all right in the end um the recovery on sunday and monday i had sore legs and then went out for a nice little plod on tuesday and felt pretty good mm-hmm. uh, how, what, how have you felt it since um yeah I thought, do you know what i felt really good um the day after i was i was okay actually i was i was pretty tired i remember waking waking up after a run like that because you know I, for some strange reason i think about the 100k distance is shorter yeah. than the 50 mile distance but I, I don't know why just i think it's just that kilometer mile conversion thing in my head but um i felt really tired on on the sunday um but obviously because we finished late on like late in the evening on monday i'm sorry on saturday i think the the doms kind of hit me on on uh tuesday uh, monday or tuesday i think it was yeah. monday um I, think, and I, I felt shattered yeah when you go and run those out though you sort of it does work a little work yeah well. it does so, but the, what, what did you think of the route because i know that when at the time uh, there was a couple of things that happened for me and that was um when we were going over there and you guys said to me that actually it's quite a lot of pavement and road and I was wearing some real knackered trail shoes. I was like, no. <laughs> and then what, quite soon into the, um, into the actual run, maybe within 10 miles, my hips just started really hurting. Because there was, I've, I must have put five, six, seven hundred miles on a pair of like Salomon Sense rides, which mm-hmm. are, they're, they're perfect until they go. And what I've noticed is, is when they do go, my legs start to get really grumpy. Right. Okay. So you think it was a, a a combination of the shoes and the and and the surface? Yeah. And you know me, I'm a bit of a sort of trail fan. So it was because it was maybe maybe slightly more trail than road. Yeah. Uh, it was nice on the south side of the islands, wasn't it? Where there was a little bit undulating and it felt a little bit more remote. And there were a couple of hills. Yeah. And then then the weather came in. I quite enjoyed that bit. Did you? Oh my! I get, do you know what? I was I was actually really surprised at, at just how well uh, the group of five of us actually managed in that weather because it was pretty atrocious at one point. Yeah, I mean we could hardly stand up straight at one point, could we? Because mm. I mean, and then the rain came, and when it came, it just spoked us through, didn't it? Yeah, it did absolutely. I think um, what, what I found, and and you know. The worst thing you need, Dave, is, is when you're starting a day like that for, to, to get news that you've bought the wrong trailer, trainers or something. So <laughs> I, I, re, I appreciate how that must have felt. And it kind of almost 
it doesn't start you on a bad foot, but you kind of, I guess you must have known in your head, I'm going to be in for a little bit of uh, a little bit extra of a challenge here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, everything else has to go right, really, doesn't it? To yeah. sort of make that a little bit easier. But I ate relatively well. I think I've never seen you eat so much, Dan. That was shocking. Because I, I know you don't know about, you know, you, you'll only take like one jelly baby with you for a marathon or something. <laughs> I know, I know. I, well, I have like a like a like a half a packet of um, mini cheddars or something. Seems seems to my, be my thing at the moment. But you you know, I've spoken about it on on this podcast before with some of the guests. And nutrition is just for me, it's the unsolvable unsolvable Rubik's cube of of running. It's just every configuration that that gets thrown thrown at you provides you with a different kind of challenge to solve every day, every run. It you know, nutrition depends on how you've treated your your sleep your how you've eaten over the last few months rather than just picking what you want to you want to eat on the day and there's so many factors involved the heat um, yeah. how much you're sweating how much salt you're losing i mean it's 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 impossible to to plan it and i think like you just said the first thing i did this weekend or the, or the the thing i wanted to focus on was how how i'm going to feel and how i'm going to eat and i i did i just started ramming stuff down i mean i i had a i had one of those naked bars those blueberry naked bars early on um, bags of crisps, uh, had a sandwich at the shop we stopped at and I, I really did eat the whole day and I didn't bonk once. It was brilliant. There you go. I mean, that's, you, you've cracked it then, haven't you? I think there's definitely a lesson in, um, bonking a few times to then find out what works for you. Mm, um, I think I, so. Yeah. I've had some really scary experiences of, uh, of bonking, throwing up and losing my guts over shorter distance as well as longer. And, yeah. uh, not until I've worked out what I can stomach and what I can't stomach that things have started to kind of go more in my favor. And yep. as well, I think when it does happen, you know, whenever you run a marathon or whenever you run long, um, and I imagine for, for shorter distances as well, if people were taking that on for the first time, there's, a, there's an element of problem solving that you've got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like if you've run 20 miles and your legs hurt and you've still got 80 miles to go or 30 miles to go or another 10k to go, your, your legs are going to hurt because you've run 20 miles. So yeah. comes that kind of like men- mental element in there, doesn't there, about um, being able to accept that my legs hurt, but they're not going to get any worse. Um, they'll, they'll start to feel better and then they might feel worse again. It's not like a linear thing, isn't it? Correct. Uh, then there's, you know, the nutrition problem solving. If you start to bonk. You, you're bonking for a reason so if you can at the time if you can go through those experiences to work out what actually works for you then um then, then you'll be onto onto a winner on it because it, it's taken me ages to learn it but you know when i did i was like hey. so now now people will probably be a little bit disgusted but i take pretty much mainly goo gels with me and they just <laughs> Yeah, well, like you say, it's 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 a it's a personal choice and a personal thing, isn't it? But yeah, you're right. I I couldn't stomach the amount of gels you had on Saturday, dude. Well done. <laughs> but it works. Yeah. I was I heard from um I was watching. I think it was like uh, South Today. Damien Hall and John Kelly were on it the other day. Ah, uh, I heard about that. Yeah. Both recently done the fastest K time for the Pennine Way, and Damien Hall said he had mostly tea and avocado and hummus sandwiches which i thought was quite interesting where which is quite a kind of like that's more just proper food isn't it yeah that john kelly 
I believe, was using sort of like more, I think he was using like a hammer nutrition thing. And he'd found out that that works for him because he's gone through gut problems in the past. Yeah. So, you know, it's different strokes for different folks, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and you hear so many like interesting combinations of food that sometimes you, somebody will mention some strange combination. You'll go, oh, actually... I can I, I could I could probably deal with that at some point. Your mind almost flicks through to the to those moments where you're hungry or you bonk and yeah. you kind of start relating it to to things that you might crave and, and stuff like that. So yeah, like I mentioned earlier, for me sometimes mini cheddars are the thing yeah. that, uh, that get me yeah. through. I think I started eating those on, on at the Grand Union Canal when I um uh during that day and yeah, that was that just seems to to have stuck ever since. But one thing that um I've gone off of recently which is a shame because it, it does work for me is tailwind because yeah. I think because I've, I've drunk it for so long, um, you know, sometimes for like 28 hours solid, 26 hours solid. Um, I, I just, it's almost like I've had a bad, that bad experience on alcohol where you can't drink a certain drink again. And, um, I did have a couple of bottles of it on Saturday at the beginning just to kind of get started before I started eating food. And, and that just seemed to work as a combination because I knew it was only two bottles and I would then move on to the delicious stuff, the, the real food. So I think that that might work for me as a treat as well. It's just kind of lining yourself up for for some for some differences in food as well is quite nice. I mean, I don't I don't know if I said this when I was um, when we did podcast a, a few weeks back when when you interviewed me. But um, I always think that if you've got the opportunity to have something on a, on a aid station table at a marathon or, or in a drop bag, um, put something in there that you really enjoy and that you, and that you look forward to. Cause I'll yeah. never forget when I went up Fusedale in, on the Lakeland hundred and I felt really, really horrible, but I'd remember that I picked up a boost from my drop bag and that was always like my thing to look forward to. So, if when you're feeling your worst you've got something that you really really enjoy then it's just going to balance it out and it's going to give you a little bit of kind of uh, a little bit of goodness in your times of strife really and um i know that there's a lot of marathons that let you put things on certain aid stations or um mm. or, or let people kind of give stuff to you on you know when you're going around a course so yeah if you've got that opportunity then it's it's definitely a trick worth kind of getting right yeah, for sure. No, it's, it's it's interesting. I think yeah, less lesson learned, and and we all learn lessons through the through the races we do. But another thing I found interesting, Dave, about about the Isle of Wight was I I knew of the towns that were that were on the Isle of Wight. I had no idea geographically where they were. So, um, for me it was kind of like a geography lesson, and in finding out where the towns are and what's on the south side, west side, east side, it was it was amazing. Um, that the one with the zoo was interesting, wasn't it? <laughs> it was oh, like yes, Shanklin North. Was that Shanklin? But it, it felt very kind of 1970s chic, didn't it? That, that had never yeah. really, never be, been updated since then. <laughs> and it was uh, shortly after that you took a photo of the the um the little van that was selling food that was called Only Fools and Saucers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Loved it. It was brilliant. It was Crazy. brilliant. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was good fun. It was a good adventure, but we we, we all got it done. Um, there was there was a, I think it was a couple of couple of rocky moments for a, for a couple couple of runners, but you know everyone everyone ran it in, and I think we were kind of like running quite strong at the end as well, which is good. So um, yeah, really really good kind of lining up for some of the races later on. I know Jason's got Spartathlon. Uh, you've got the uh, Coast to Coast. Yeah, yep, that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, just just 140 miles um, all well, the way across. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I've wanted to do it for ages, and it's it might be the last time that it happens. So I thought I'll go for it. 
Why not? Eh? <laughs> well, if you, I'll tell you what, if, if there's ever a chance I can come up and, and do a portion of that with you, I, I will, mate, I promise. But uh, I, can't, I can't promise anything, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, no, if I could, it would be great. Yeah, no worries. Are you allowed paces on that run? I don't think you are. I think it's pretty brutal. I think they say that you're not allowed poles, you're not allowed music. Um, they don't do any aid stations, so it's just you've got to organise your own car to drive ahead of you for you to catch up and then get some water and stuff like that. So, yeah. Okay. It's a bit, so there are some conditions there, yeah. The typical kind of Mark Cockbane event that is just stripped down to the, most, the simplest form and relatively self-sufficient. So. Sounds good. I look forward to, to uh, kind of following your progress on that. So hopefully you'll be wearing a, a chip timer or something on that. Yeah. Uh, cool. I, yeah, yeah it'd be chip time or a tracker i think so okay well if, if not you can always try the strava beacon um, yeah thing or something okay yeah that'd be good right dave well listen um, as a guest uh this week we've got um somebody we know in common who we've run with before uh dave pool who's <laughs> done a lot yeah. of um he's, he's had a really sharp introduction to to running i didn't i didn't quite realize he only started in 2015 but He's right. obviously now getting ready for his first hundred miler, and he's done a few few long ultras, including yeah. the CCC beforehand. But yeah, you know Dave too, don't you? O- do. Other ginger Dave. Yeah. In fact, I was having a beer with him last Sunday at the, the Rising Sun in Clanfield. Oh, great, cool. So you had time to catch up. He's uh, he's just getting faster and faster, isn't he? And fitter and fitter. I think like his decision to do a lot of cycling in lockdown seems to have paid off. I think. Sorry, you, you do know that word is banned on this podcast. There well, is, there uh, is no, there is no cycling. No. I'm only kidding. <laughs> eating, isn't it? Yeah. The, the ultimate cheats that they've got, um, they, they now have like electric mountain bikes, so you don't have to put any effort going in uphill. Wow. So <laughs> it's um, super easy. I might start cycling now. <laughs> That's good. No, I, I, I'm, I'm aware like cycling's like you know really really good. It's a, it's a good option if you want to kind of keep the uh keep the pressure away from the body a bit but i just can't bring myself to to cycle a i'm no good at looking after things so i think the bike would just rust in the garden um and i'm a little bit too scared to ride on the roads around here so i wouldn't yeah. ever use it yeah it's probably not the best place for cyclists is it and i think it's got no. quite a bike crime rate as well hasn't it bikes going missing so yeah lots of lots of bike fever and stuff i guess there are more routes now in portsmouth than there have been so there's obviously the seafront route but i see so many near collisions with my own eyes all the time probably probably mm-hmm. nearly every run where people are kind of getting out of cars and and walking into the cycle lane you, you do hear you do see a lot of kind of aggressive moments and things where people have nearly hit cyclists well, and stuff so we did that marathon up and down farlington avenue i was running down and then suddenly the cyclist went flying past me on her side and it just looks so dangerous because, like, you know, the clippy, the clippy pedal things. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. For a bike for like 10 metres as she was sliding down the road. It's like, oh, wow. I'm, I'm yeah, because you, you helped her, didn't you, and uh, helped her get up and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Just put her back on her bike and told her to stop cheating. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nasty. I mean, I know nothing about cycling. And obviously, but clipping something, something that clips your feet to your, to your pedals, to me, sounds like, like something you would do to put somebody on a bike for torture or something because i would permanently be having that feeling like i, I won't i can't get off as quickly as i need to yeah maybe it's really easy to unclip but she was definitely connected and trying to get her feet off it's like oh, oh weird yeah that's the kind of thing i have dreams of you know when you're going to sleep and you kind of jump because you yeah. you feel like you're 
you're stepping in fact that, that's that's really funny because i've had loads of those um this week since running the isle of wight i've had i think about about three moments where i've jumped in mm. bed the the most i've ever jumped because and and what's going through my head is i'm looking at the floor by what i guess what what might be the same kind of terrain we had on the isle of wight near the cliffs and i'm taking a step and then just falling and i just jump and wake myself up <laughs> <laughs> there must have been a lot of kind of like heads down looking at the floor on 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 saturday yeah anyway. so are you um are you doing anything this weekend for running off and i've got to get up and do 18 miles tomorrow but it's my nephew's first b- football match on at like nine o'clock, so I'm gonna have to get up at like five to go for a run and then go and see him. Oh, nice one, dude. That'd be really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm probably not gonna get up that early, but I've got, I think I'm gonna go out um, uh, maybe a couple of hours after that and do probably 15 or so, maybe around the island, maybe just up to um, past the hospital on the hills a bit uh, and back. So nothing right. too hardcore and then maybe just yeah out for a quick for a quicker run maybe an hour or so on sunday as well so yeah just a back to a smaller back to back brilliant brilliant yeah, should be good right. well listen in, enjoy it and i hope everything goes well and thanks again for this uh, this time and uh, here we go into the interview all right cheers mate take it easy dude bye, bye. Welcome, welcome dave um, i really appreciate you joining uh, me on the portsmouth running podcast thanks for your time uh, and thanks for for agreeing to come to the show so uh so how hey, are you on this fine weathered week? Yeah, man, I'm good. Thank you for having me. This is, um, I don't know if it's been a long time coming or you're just running out of options, but um, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm so, good, man. Don't be so modest. Don't be so modest. I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, good, just as you think. Um, COVID-19 sort of uh, lowered its head and has died down. It's raised itself back up. But um, yeah, apart from that, life's all good. Tickety yeah, B. Yeah, and I think we've—I've pretty much started most of the podcast interviews talking about COVID uh, over the last few months, obviously, because it's—it's it's, it's kind of like the natural place to start, and because everyone's running has been so affected, and everyone's lives have been so affected by it. So, um, but have you—have you been out running today at all, or this week? Yeah, yeah, today. Yeah, so I've done two runs this week. Um, just so, all right, let's dial back a little bit. I'll go straight into it. It's, um, all right, as you know, I'm training for the South Downs Way 100, first 100 um, for me. And so my training block had sort of started ready for June. And when COVID-19 hit, um, I was like three months into it and then never been in such good shape. Mm-hmm. And so when COVID hit and lockdown hit, it was like, I'm lucky enough to have a treadmill. So continued on that for a bit. But then it was kind of obvious that races were going to be cancelled. So... Mm-hmm. I sort of dialed down a lot of my training and switched to doing some bike riding um, just to maintain a fitness, but take the, the like the pressure off the running. But now with a new date for South Downs Way in November, the 16 week training block started three weeks ago. So I'm in week three. So okay. yesterday was a, um, a session of three minute intervals, at sort of VA2 max. And today was just a nice, easy one hour um endurance pace run so sort of eight miles uh, yeah just along the seafront nice and flat and easy and uh yeah so we're, we're back into building building that base and um mm. i don't think i've lost too much fitness which is kind of cool and i don't feel too fatigued so it's kind of worked the, the, yeah. the, the plan through lockdown worked that's good that's that's really good it sounds it sounds good and it sounds like i say a very similar story to everyone else you know having those kind of uh, summer races all lined up and people were heavily into their kind of training blocks and stuff for the big marathons and the 
you know, like yourself, the Southdowns weigh 100, and then all of a sudden you find yourself kind of raceless and not sure what's what's going on. So, it's it's been it's been really really tricky. But um, that that kind of that was a good summary there because it kind of um answered my next question, which was how how has the lockdown kind of affected you and your your training and racing? So that's it <laughs> so, seems like yeah, just like everybody. <laughs> I think I mean to be honest, like how how's it affected life? Um, I think it's actually brought quite a few positives. I've been really lucky. Um, I haven't been furloughed. I've been able to work from home, which has actually created a better work-life balance for me personally, which mm. has meant there's been a lot less pressure on running and time with the family. Because I can, like, when I finish work, the time I would have spent commuting, I'm now running. So it's kind of, you know, for me, it's worth. If you shouldn't, I suppose, you've got to see every um, every positive you can. And while there's been a load of um, negatives with COVID. I have to take the positives out of it, which is, um, you know, it's not been it's not been all bad. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, a lot of people have said the slow, you know, myself included, the slowdown of, of pace generally in life has, um, you know, been significant enough to make a, a positive impact. And I think everyone's kind of almost broken out of a, a kind of shell that they we didn't realize we had coating us. All the yeah. stress of driving, all the commuting, all the absolutely the, the anger on the roads, the bright lights, the, the you know when it's bad weather, and all that stuff just kind of seems to have disappeared. And there's yeah, like a light shining on us a little bit. <laughs> I mean, apart um, from the you know the mass deaths throughout the world. Um, that's true. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, there is that. There is yeah. the there is the negative, but um, yeah. Well, I've even like to be honest, I've even kind of enjoyed not racing. Um, I don't know about you, but I find that I kind of gear myself towards races and races are always the focus, you know, this, the training in between, but the training's there to get you to a point to race essentially. Okay. And a lot of races in between um, act as like tests and then you'll have your like A race and maybe your B race for the year and, yep. and not having any races has been kind of nice because, um, you know, it's, sure you might go out and run the same distances but there's uh, as soon as i put like a a number on my shorts or on my shirt kind of any plans i had about not taking it too hard all go out the window so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> similar similar story but um, i i kind of like for myself like uh, I, I hear what you're saying there with the you know the races your focus for me I'm, I'm kind of like a little bit on the opposite side where my focus is always just like the day-to-day training and then the races are kind of like my my playtime almost mm. but then like you say as well you get to the start line and you want to you want to perform well all the time but but yeah I kind of like in my head I have it a little bit the other way around but um you know it's it's good that the kind of races are there to, to to set you some kind of focus and now that they're back at least like you say you've got that kind of that target to to, to go for because when is the South Downs Way 100 it's in it's November. November it's like middle of November it, I think if I mean apart from the darkness which is, you know, instead of having like 16 hours of light or more, we're going to be closer to 16 hours of darkness. Mm -hmm. Um, But that kind of doesn't bother me that much. Um, Obviously, I'm Ginger Dave. I'm not great in the sun. Um, And so (laughs) it may actually play towards me a little bit. It may actually benefit me. Um, Obviously, if it's pissing with rain and windy the whole day, it's going to be bleak. But um i i I think i'd rather go out in november than i probably would on a 30 degree heat day in june you know so 
Yeah, I, I suppose if you ask me if the race was in November, would I have entered it? And the the, the thing is probably yes. Yeah. So yeah. No, it's a, it's it's a really good event. You're gonna love it. It's, you're gonna absolutely love it. It's well, I hope really so. well supported, and <laughs> there'll be a few there'll be a few changes because I know Centurion Running have had have done a well they've had to, but they've they've done a really fantastic job in kind of making sure that that when they can hold the races, they will be done yeah. properly and probably uh, properly. And uh, you know, like we'll, James, it's James, isn't it, from Centurion? He James Elson, like, he's yeah. been totally on it, and um, the way he's engaged with the community and done his like briefings and everything else and mm. updates i think it's been it's exemplary really and um yeah I, I have to put my hands up and say i've never taken part in a centurion event before um hey. i've always meant to but um for whatever reason they haven't happened and um so i'm gonna um i'll make dave harvey i'm gonna be pacing him at thames path 100 um in a about a month or so's time yes yeah, then i think that was yeah, yeah. And then, um, so that'll be my first taster. But from what I've seen and from what I've got from the community through like social media and that, um, what a what a great race organizer, race director, and what a great community. So yeah, super looking forward to it. Excellent, good, good, good. And listen, you you know you mentioned earlier that you were you were in some like really, you know you had a really good level of fitness going before um, everything was canned, but that, yeah, that's, that's still the case, dude, because you have just recently successfully done an FKT. Um, so t- t- can you tell us a bit about that? <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we no jump straight into it. <laughs> yeah, should we talk about say yeah for people that don't know, FKT's fastest known time. So the the trick. Um, the way they work is you find a like a trail, typically end to end or a loop, and um, you try and run it. Um, there's various different ways of doing it, you, um, but you try and run it in the fastest known time. So people do the Appalachian Trail, or I saw today uh, Courtney DeWalter's about to do a 500 mile trail wow. and set the record for that. Um, there's various ways of doing it. You can do it. Um, unsupported which is um you basically carry everything you need and you only use water taps on the way the self-supported where you're allowed to use shops and sort of convenience stores you know to buy supplies or there's um supported where you may have crew um either running with you as pacers or providing you food along the way and you know aid and stuff um so, yeah, with everyone doing these FKTs now, because races aren't on, um, me and my mate thought we'd have a pop at one. And, you know, inspired by the people that are doing sort of massive 100-mile, 200-mile Pennine Way sort of things, we thought we'd do something that was about 20 miles. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we did the we did Hangers Way. And um, our mate Jamie um, had run it uh, probably a few weeks before um and he kind of scoped out the route so hangers way for people that don't know runs from um alton train station and it follows through a series of hangers which um i learned is a steep-sided wood um so it, it's a load of woodland and basically it runs all the way south to qe park so you go sort of down towards selborne Mm-hmm. and into ashford petersfield and then to um up into the bottom of kiwi park through burrowton and it finishes at the visitor center in uh, burrowton so yeah we jamie put down a really good time um especially because it's sort of self-navigated and it's 
um, quite hard. So he put down time of just over four hours. Um, me and my mate Alex, we had a pop at it and like, we went for it. I'm not going to lie. We didn't, you know, we, we went pretty hard. Yep. And we came in in 2.53, something like that. Yeah, so, it was a good time. It was a really good time for that for that kind of run. It was it was good. Yeah, I mean, what was frustrating, we took a couple of wrong turns despite having like the GPS trail on our watches and stuff. Um, and it was, we could have probably shaved about four minutes off it. Mm. But we ran hard. And, you know, when we finished, we were both done. And, like I'm a super geek with this stuff. Like um, we got there's only about ten or eleven Strava segments, so, and you, you knew I'd mention Strava eventually um, on on the on the whole route. And yeah. like we took cups, like top ten places on sort of five or six of them. So we were clearly going pretty pretty hard for it. And um, yeah. I'd say Alex would have probably done it quicker actually. Um, I started to cramp up in the last climb, but, you know, he stuck with me. And, yeah, I mean, the time will get beaten. There's um, there's a guy I know you've had on here, um, John from Petersfield. Is it John, John Cosgrove? Cosgrove. Yes. Yeah. So he's um, – him and his mates have been planning it for a while. They had a they had a, a sort of recce of it. They recced the full length um, a couple of weeks ago, and he'll smash it, man. He's, like, he's fast as fuck, and he's young and um like see like looking at his sort of running form if he doesn't smash it i'd be really upset with him but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but that's kind of like that's the whole fun of it you know you sort of you you do these things and you kind of you want them to be broken a little bit you know you want you do it not so you can hold it forever but so you can hold it for a day or whatever and then someone else goes that you know it's almost set a benchmark for someone else for sure. and um yeah. So like, like it was uh, it was the Pennine Way, wasn't it? The, that's been the one in the the last couple of weeks, where Damon Hall, uh, Damien Hall took it um, from about, John Kelly. Yeah, and John Kelly set that you know like a, ten days ago, and he took it like six days later. It's yeah. um, you did know. You see, that, did you um, did you see the Instagram post about that um, earlier that was um, sent earlier today? I saw a photo of them both together. Yeah, it was um, a post that Damien Hall put up, and he basically, you know, along the lines of what you were just saying, um, it just shows like the camaraderie between runners and the the friendship, the strong bonds and stuff. Because he was he was basically apologising, just saying, you know, you held this for nine days. Mm. I'm so 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 sorry for taking it, but you know, <laughs> I respect you so much, and you're um you're a, you're a good friend and stuff. So he was almost, uh, you know, kind of just saying, uh, you know, I know it'll be broken at some point, but mm. that's what it's all about. You know, it's all about kind of helping each other and setting new times and pushing limits. And that's, it's, it's fun. And it kind of supposed to show how kind runners are to each other. So Yeah, it's like the, so I know like you can, uh, I suppose you can liken it to like the four minute mile. Like sci- scientists at the time said, no man will ever break the four minute mile. If they did, the world would explode, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, then someone yeah. breaks it and then people go, oh, we can, we can run faster than that, you know, and that's kind of the whole thing, isn't it? You know, and within within the time that it was the four minute mile, a bit, and I'm not saying RFKT was anywhere akin to the four minute mile. Let me just caveat that, but it, it just shows that oh yeah, we can have a go at that, we can smash yeah. it, and and yeah, my mate did, my mate Dave, I'm sure we'll talk about him in a bit, but um, he did one in Canada recently, and he beat the record by a long way, and later that day he um his record was taken from him by like a minute 
and it was like a massive mountainous i think it was about 50 miler and he was flying i mean on the on the fkt site it still shows that he's got it because he did it self-supported um and the guy was supported but you know the fastest time is still this other guy and so dave was pretty broken about it but it's Mm. um it's kind of fun it's kind of added racing but the the difference is you can't see the people you're racing yeah that's true that's true and there's not a leaderboard it's just whoever whoever's run at the fastest time but yeah i think the um the fkt website's probably one that the listeners if they if they haven't been to to see the website or had a browse around it should definitely go and check out because oh yeah absolutely you can see a map it's got a map draw now and you can see the dots where the routes are so you can kind of browse <laughs> to whatever area you're in and, and so and i think i've got play. like two or three more that um iron up at the moment in fact just before i came on this call i was having a conversation with my wife about whether she'd drive me to the start of one of them for um so i could have a pop it. <laughs> oh really <laughs> oh, yeah. dude. oh dude but listen um uh, just a quick one um we've been talking for a while and obviously everyone knows you're a runner and you know they know you've done big long runs which we're going to mm-hmm. kind of dig into the weeds about but how about you just give the listeners um, like a quick, quick few other details about yourself, like your full name, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, we probably never touched on that, have we? <laughs> I know, I know. I was gonna say, so like maybe just a little bit about like what kind of running you do and stuff like that, and then sure. we'll, we'll we'll head off head off into the weeds a, a little bit later. Okay, you'll have to tell me when I'm. Dig- I I tend to digress a lot, so apologies, Dan. No, no, no. Um, this this is your story, dude. This is this is all about you. So running. Um, no, we'll start with an introduction, shall we? Yeah, um, so I'm Dave. Um, I'm Ginger Dave, as most people know me, or GD. Um, there's two of you, though, you're right. There, well, there's two Ginger Daves. I also discovered there's another GD Runs on Instagram today, and we actually do a lot of the same races. He doesn't have an underscore in his hook. Um, but anyway, we're, we're getting into the minutiae here. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, there are two Ginger Daves in South Sea. I'm the um, original and i'd say more good looking one um <laughs> probably not as good at running as the other one but maybe a little bit faster but he can go for um fucking ages so um yeah anyway okay. he's a good mate um yeah so i'm by day i'm a civil engineer um a yep. father of two young girls um Aoife and talia age nine and just about to be six married to Fran and um we've been married for like uh, 11 years so pretty settled really sort of like um nuclear family two kids um live in a house got a dog Steve Bannerman little border terrier um yeah like totally yeah (laughs) my my winter running partner yeah um yeah so like pretty normal but um so I suppose but that's just my that's like that side of things. So the running thing, cool. um, like I've always, like as a kid, I've always been sporty would be the right way to put it. Um, like I was, if I could be active, I was always being active, whether that was playing football, running bikes, running, doing something, you know, I'd always be doing it. Um, I didn't like to sit still. And then through like secondary school, I played a lot of rugby never really got into like athletics but i always did really well in cross country we sort of finished sort of top three top five top three in any cross country event okay. um never really thought much about it because cross country was always this punishment you did 
when the the pitches were too waterlogged to play rugby on mm. um skateboarded did a load of skateboarding wow, probably from about the age of I suppose I got into about 14 and then probably about 16 and um then like 16 through to probably mid 20s just skateboarded snowboarded I went to uni um did that sort of thing and then sort of kind of left sports in um in this not intentionally but it just I just sort of grew away from sports and yeah. I think um through uni life like I smoked I drank I um I dabbled with uh, with drugs and that sort of thing and well I skateboarded a little bit you know it was never it wasn't like a fitness thing it was more of a lifestyle thing okay um then kind of like life kind of took over and work and all of that you know you start to build your career and things like that so we're going back probably like 15 years now mm. um and kind of just didn't really do any fitness I wouldn't say I was particularly unfit I just did like nothing and I was kind of getting by as you do in your sort of your early 20s mid 20s like even early 30s yeah um and just sort of carried on and then it's, eventually it's, I think sport, sport's an easy thing to you know wh- where you were so active and stuff and doing so much it sounds like it's probably an easy thing to kind of slip out of because yeah you, you obviously sound like I mean you I, I know you a, a bit because we've known each other running socially and stuff and you are you seem you come across like a very focused guy you know you're like you said earlier your races when you've got a race target coming you're very focused mm. on it and you know it's easy to slip out of those that, that kind of exercise pocket and then you're focused on other things in life because you so, like said you've got uni and work and absolutely I relationships was, yeah i became very focused on um i was pretty focused at uni um i got first so i must have been quite focused um just drop that in there in case my mum's listening because i know she'll be proud um good i yeah i was always focused on work and i've always been quite career driven as well and so that sort of early career development kind of took a lot of my focus at the time i was um also you ha- like after getting a degree to become a professional engineer chartered engineer you basically you have to do more more work outside of work and you go through like review and stuff and so all of that was kind of happening and then at the same time things like mortgage like getting engaged yeah. and and all of this stuff they're just they're, at the time it didn't seem like there was time for anything else and there was also sort of no need for it I you know I had a really um active social life and yeah. And yeah, there was just like it, like the thought of sport never really came into my head, and the thought of going for a run was kind of like, wow, this is um, a bit weird. <laughs> I will caveat that and say that I did do the Great South Run. I think it was in 2010, just to see if I could do it. Okay. And I, I think I trained for like eight weeks and did it in. Um, I can't remember the time. I think it was like one. I did it in like eight minute miles. So I think I came in under 120. Okay. And then basically I couldn't walk the next day and <laughs> felt like I'd, you know, felt like I was clearly the best runner in the whole world. That the sort of elation you get when you do your first race. But, um, but yeah, so all of that sort of happened, life was happening and this would be familiar with loads of people. Um, and then kids happened uh, or kid happened. 
and um, my oldest daughter, Aoife, she, um, when she was about, I think she was two, she, I got the call one day, um, I was at work in Rygate, or yeah, Rygate, and I got the call from my wife saying, Aoife's having a fit, she's been taken to hospital, um, you need to get here. Now, I drove from Rygate to um, QA Hospital, Queen Alexandra Hospital, quicker than the ambulance got from my house um, in Southsea to Queen Alexandra Hospital. I bet. Wow, that's a big <laughs> um, shock. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the long, the long and short of that story is that my, um, my daughter had epilepsy and um, cue the start of a pretty um pretty challenging year or two yeah and medication and stuff uh and um that was sort of like super hard and i kind of i i suppose at the time without really realizing it i was struggling to deal with that um but it's hard enough being like a new dad and um so I needed to find something. I needed to find something to channel my um, my emotion and my feeling into. Mm-hmm. And so um, I decided to run a half marathon. Um, I looked up charities and Epilepsy Society um, had places for the Royal Parks half. And so I thought, yeah, we'll have a bit of this. I should say in the meantime, like so, within this period um, like of about a year or so, my second daughter, um, Talia, had come along. And so we had this like newborn baby, a, a daughter, a, my oldest daughter had been in like hospital, like just a few days before my uh, Talia was born. And like the whole world, like my whole world and our whole world was sort of like, I don't like looking back on it. It's it's insane to see how much sort of pressure was on yeah. us, and I didn't realise it. You know, just yeah. sort of like this male mentality of just go, 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 keep going, keep going, keep going. And um, but wow. yeah, long. So I kind of get a bit deep there, but the 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 long and short of it was um, I tried to find a release, something I could do because I couldn't physically, there was nothing I could do medically to help with mm. the epilepsy. So I thought, well, if I can help by raising money, then that's kind of doing something. Yeah, um, I, I so, understand that fully. Yeah. So I, I did what um, any new runner did uh, does. I went to the Nike shop, I bought the first pair of trainers, saw that were sort of mid-range price, didn't get them particularly fitted well. I went to Sports Direct. I brought um, everything from Sports Direct: a pair of shorts, um, uh, running. Did you vest. get? Did you get a mug? I didn't get a mug actually. No, no. I, <laughs> okay. Biggest mugs in the world. Um, yeah. But like every bit of running apparatus, like the the band on your arm for a phone, um, sweatbands, um, various different running tops for different occasions. Most of it all made by Carrymore. Um, and I basically did a Google search of training plan for half marathon, downloaded one by Hal Higdon, 
Um, if anyone's looked up training plans, I can fully recommend the Hal Higdon ones and um, followed it. And I followed it religiously for 12 weeks, went to do my first half marathon, um, stayed at my mate's house the night before, had a few beers, glass of wine or two, got up, went and ran it and came in about an hour and 42, I think the time was. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I was pretty chuffed. Um I remember it now. Like I had a cigarette straight away afterwards. Different <laughs> times, isn't it? Um, yeah. So that was 2015. And so, so listen, David. Hold on two seconds. I'm going to stop you there because I don't want you to go too too far ahead. Now, that okay, I, I can tell you were pretty emotional talking about that because that's you know that's a fairly like I guess you were you were feeling a lot of the emotions from back then in 2015 mm-hmm. because like you say you know you had you had your your youngest daughter had come along as well while all the stuff's going on as well so that must have been it's all good been really really huh? no, I'm ab- it's all good i'm absolutely cool to talk about it yeah no, no absolutely fine but i think you know it, I, I i get what you were saying about you needed you needed to do something like because i would have been mm-hmm. uh, maybe i would have felt like i would have needed to do the same you know you wanted to you wanted to help out and you know your your daughter's father and it's like it felt like the right thing to do so i think it's a really kind of like good cause that you that you that you ran for there and mm-hmm. yeah kudos to you for doing that and just jumping straight into the running um i'm pretty upset you didn't get a, a sports direct mug however but um, <laughs> i'm sure you did through the post over the over the next few years but um so how how did that half marathon go okay so yeah the half marathon it was so you had um, a good time, but but what was it? What was the whole kind of experience like? Was it was it one that left you feeling I'm going to carry on doing running for the epilepsy charity, or <laughs> were you just going to run on your own? So I knew. Uh, so I'd already booked up another race. I was going to do because the Great South Run falls a couple of weeks after it. So I kind of said oh, I'll do the Great South Run as well. So people sponsoring me get to see me do a bonus run, and. Um, but how did it feel? Um, I felt dead at like 10 miles. I, I'd gone off too fast. I'd been way too energetic. Um, ran with a bottle of Lucasade Sport in my hand for the whole time. But <laughs> I had such a good time. Um, okay. And then uh, afterwards, I met a friend there and I... It was, yeah, I suppose like the term you'd use is euphoric, euphoric, isn't it? You know, I, I remember crossing that finish line with my hand, both my arms in the air thinking, oh, my God, I've done this. This is, you know, this is epic. And I was on cloud nine for um, for weeks, I guess. Yeah, absolutely mm-hmm. weeks. And um, that led then to the Epilepsy Society um offering me a place for london marathon the following april so oh, 2016 yeah big um, challenge big challenge yeah so that kind of set my uh, set my compass it was like oh yeah so i'm i'm doing running now am i um that's that's going to happen i did exactly the same thing i did for the half i downloaded a training plan i followed it five days a week or you know did these mm-hmm. runs did the you know, just followed the plan religiously what i didn't do was anything clever i you know i didn't practice like pace zones or whatever i just ran at a totally normal 
what felt normal pace. I didn't do intervals or hill repeats or tempo yeah. runs or all this. I just ran everything like eight minute miles, eight minute miles, just like solidly ran at eight minute miles. But that's but that's um, you know that's what people do when they when they start running. You you absolutely you jump, you jump in and you learn to swim. That's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um yeah, so the London Marathon thing, um before I'd even run London Marathon, so I hadn't run a, a marathon, I thought to myself, um, you've just asked a load of people for sponsorship. You're asking the same I had to raise like two grand. So you're you're kind of asking the same people to sponsor you again. Um so I put on fundraisers and all that sort of thing, but I decided to up the ante a little bit and went for four marathons in a year, which in my mind was massive. I realise now people do like four marathons in a day, and I'm <laughs> going to be one of those people soon, hopefully. But um, hey, listen, you, you, you're doing the bad thing here. You're comparing yourself to 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 uh, other people's runs, and you know what? A marathon one a year is 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 a big yeah. Like, lifetime to be honest like i think if you go and do park run every week you're amazing you know it's just um it's as simple as that and so yeah i mean so london happened i ran my first marathon it went it couldn't have gone better it was Brilliant. the greatest day in the world and i think if you know if you ever get the chance to run london marathon everyone should go for it it was fantastic none of the bad things people said would happen happened um i had a goal time of 3 30 I started running with a guy a kilometer in who was running for the same charity, never met him before. Wow. We ran the yeah. whole way together and we crossed the line in 3.28, something like that. Brilliant. And it was, yeah, it was a, like a metronomic, um, perfectly paced, but enjoyable um, run the whole way. So That's that cool. kind of happened. And then I ran Bournemouth Marathon. That went, that was crap. New Forest Marathon, that mm-hmm. was okay, but definitely made a load of mistakes in it. I was meant to do the South Downs Marathon, but that, um, what happened with the South Downs Marathon? I got injured. Oh, yeah, there's a story there. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, um, this is you dragging, you're dragging me back into history here. So um, this is what I, did, <laughs> I did Portsmouth Marathon as well at the end of the year. So Portsmouth okay. Marathon was my, my like final, the, the four of four. But, yeah, so South Downs Marathon. Now, I'd done nothing but road running and um, I was like, right, I'm going to do the South Downs Marathon. How hard can it be? I don't think I'd ever run up a hill. And I decided to basically drive myself out to the South Downs and just start running up and down the South Downs. And rather than break myself in easy, mm-hmm. I basically went, well, if I can run 26 miles on the flat, I'll just run 20 miles on the hills and I'll try and keep the pace exactly the same. And I, I killed myself and <laughs> I didn't know anything about like like what shoes to wear or whatever. So I just bought like the first pair of trail shoes, shoes I saw, which yep. I still got today. And I love actually, I l- actually love running in them now. Um, but yeah, I basically did myself an injury. And so South Downs Marathon that year got canned. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of, that was 2016 and it so, was kind of a fun so year. Managed- so you managed the four marathons in the year? Yeah, I managed the four marathons in the year. But cool. before I'd completed them, and you'll you'll learn this with me, Dan. Um, before I've completed a goal, I've already set my next goal. So the next goal was um, the ultra marathon and race to the king, um, mm. which is, what is it, double marathon from 
Arundelish way to Winchester. So I'd already signed up for that. Um, Do you know, Dave, that, I'm going to interrupt you there because that that's something that I've spoken about on the show before with a few other interviewees. It's I, I find sometimes, I don't know if you're the same, but if I finish um, a, a focus event for the year or a big event or a, or a major run or whatever, a long one, if I don't have something at least as an idea in my head, um, oh, it, takes, mate. It, it takes about a week <laughs> and then I go into some kind of like, almost like some spiral of like depression. depression. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So if you watch the, um, there's a YouTube video, um, the Black Dog um about running the dark and i'll have to i'll dig out the link for you and we can we find a find a way of sharing it through this but um yeah so like skip forward a few years came back from ccc and i'm out for dinner with my wife and i think it was like the week after and we'd gone out for tapas and um she noticed that i'd like started drinking probably a bit too much already and she was like when's your next race and i was like april and bear in mind this is what september she's yeah. like you need something in between you know <laughs> you can't wait till april for a race she's like look up a race and sign up for one so yeah end up doing one in november hated it but it gave me that focus and i think yeah i always need to mm. be looking one step one step beyond is that um I don't really like madness or whoever sings that, but yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's important, it's, it's important I think, because it kind of just, yeah, just kind of, it's almost like the framework that keeps you, that keeps you going, keeps you, keeps you training, keeps your mind healthy. Um, I just can't see myself ever not having some kind of goal, uh, even if, like I said, it's an idea. But yeah, yeah, I fully understand how that's how that feels. Yeah. So listen, Dave, um, just just a quick one, uh, and and something that I've you know, I, I like to ask how, how do you manage, um, or like balance, um, family life and running and racing? Because <laughs> it's such a hard thing to get right. Like, especially if partners are not, are not into running and stuff. It okay. So time. I What's suppose the first, <laughs> <laughs> the first thing here is I have a really understanding and supportive wife. Good. Um, <laughs> my Fran is amazing when it comes to all that stuff. Um, I'm pretty, I do try and limit certain things. So I'll train five days a week rather than, I know people train six or seven days a week, but I'll train five. Um, I will try and make my, it's been a lot easier during lockdown, but I try and do my runs at a time it doesn't have too much of an adverse effect on the family. Mm -hmm. Um, So when when lockdown isn't on that tends to mean i put the kids to bed um then go for a run then get back and eat dinner or, or yeah or cook dinner or whatever or, or try and flip it around there it's got to be easier as the kids get older because the bedtimes yeah, and things are more does. flexible mm. but um and then weekend runs it's early starts i guess early start yeah or if you can't do an early start then a late start and um, you've been on a run with me at nine o'clock at night you know it's you just you kind of mm. I, I, I give up a little bit of the social life I think but um, you that's have to probably the you. biggest effect yeah, yeah. Um, yeah you ha- something has to give and it's yeah for me it's the same as you it's so it's the social element of it which is which is not nice but I tried burning the candle at every end and it kind of didn't work um, yeah. I would say that I 
I'm conscious that especially at weekends if I've done like a a super long run or whatever I'm kind of crap in the afternoon a bit grouchy and hangry and tend to have a nap on the couch luckily the kids normally want to film but yeah it's Mm. um I suppose the other thing I've never put running knowingly before family it may seem like I have at times but knowingly it's never um it's never happened so if there's a family event or if there's a you know um a certain a certain thing like if shit i just remember the time i actually went to a race rather than going to my daughter's ballet recital but apart Listen, from hey, that Dave, do you, know what, you don't have to explain yourself because i think i think, I think it's, it's a it's a double it's a double-sided sword really because like as i think as runners sometimes we feel like we don't we we wouldn't do that we wouldn't put running first but at some point you have to book a race in and if yeah. that clashes with a family arrangement and the race is on the race is on and it's like that's when it kind of gets tricky sometimes i know for myself and for lots of other people i've spoken to but yeah it's just one of those things that you i think I, say, I mean to some yeah. degree i try and involve the family so if um if yeah. going away you know if there's a race that's like in dorset or wales or whatever um get an airbnb for the weekend they come along you know and, um and they probably won't spend too much time actually at the race or come and see me on it but mm. at least it's a little bit of a holiday for them um but yeah, there are times when I'm conscious, especially when you get into like the the big bulk of a training block, um, where it's like this is taking up a hell of a lot of my time, and you, I think you just got to be creative. I don't yeah. sleep that much. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Like you said, burning burning the candle at both ends is a is a is a pretty good way, or all ends is a pretty good way to describe it sometimes. Yeah, but Dave, listen, um. That, that's great so we've we've kind of like in, in some kind of timeline into uh so that the, the kind of listeners have got an idea of, of where we are so you you said earlier you started running in 2015 mm-hmm. um you ran the half marathon you went straight into into four marathons in a year um i was going to ask you um because i know i've follow, been following you on strava for some time um at some point during 2015 16 17 somewhere around there you joined um your first running club which was the baffins foot club oh uh, yeah uh, yeah how did how did that all all come about when was it and how did it kind of help change your running or did it give you some kind of structure moving away from online training plans to finding up finding out about kind of structured training uh okay so Big during question. yeah okay uh during it happened like when i was during the year of four marathons um okay i realized i was kind of i did all my runs at my own and i was kind of a bit it does get a bit boring run on your own all the time you know there's only so much you can listen to on your iphone and only you know only so many times you want to go out in the pissing rain on your own yeah um and so i had some friends who were in baffins uh, one of them's um one of the people that sort of founded baffins fit club and she said i'll come along and so i went along and um i met a load of really rad people and What I'd say about the Fit Club is they are really inclusive. They're a really good bunch of um, of people. They they weren't. So your you, your other question there was about like going from online training plans to having a sort of running club 
sort of yeah there wasn't that depth there so while there's a bunch of really nice people um that were all super positive about running and getting um like fits there yep. i think the clue's in the name fit club yep, yep um there wasn't that competitive and i'd say like athletic edge that you maybe get with um running clubs or athletics clubs yeah well, so, you, i think i think it's safe to say you get different kinds of running clubs don't you get you get running clubs yeah. that want to that are, that are a lot more social and then you've got like some pretty serious running clubs in the area like uh, uh, victory ac or portsmouth athletics where they're yeah, on the track or, all the time Demi to, you know there's another one you know and yeah it's, yeah it's, the, and i think like don't get me wrong i i enjoyed my time at baffins i was i they um they made me a run leader so i had my own group the ginger ninjas um, fantastic cool but I kind of so we talked I mean just a minute ago about the drag on the family and where it was kind of like this regimented like Mondays for me is typically a rest day but I'd end up having to go to club to run and it was kind of a junk run for me and so um while I enjoyed spending time with people like I've got some really good mates from that club Mm-hmm. um you know we'll be met i probably i wouldn't have got into ultra running if it wasn't for that club you know from the people i met there yeah and i definitely you know i probably would have met you and i wouldn't have met you know a lot of the people we run with yeah um if it wasn't for that but it just put this like extra drag on like my time and i don't just mean like the the monday club run um i always like offered to help people out and so mm-hmm. if people wanted a training plan they came to me you know and if people were having like concerns about their heart rate they came to me and okay. if people wanted trainer advice they were coming to me so it was, if, yeah it was taking taking a load of your time it was taking That's a load of my time and and it sounds really kind of selfish i guess but i wasn't getting much back from it um there wasn't anything at the club that was pushing me or making me um better at running and so like a few things came to a head and like in life and like you know and yeah yeah children needed time wife needed time mm-hmm. like started training for big races and so that's taking more time and something had to give and 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 it was the running it was that running club that had to give okay. because yeah, it, no, was the, it was the thing that um kind of didn't it didn't give enough back to me yeah um, no, that's, that's absolutely fair enough I, I fully understand that and that's um you know like, like i think you, you hit the nail on the head earlier the people the people are what make it um obviously the, tr- the training runs are great and stuff like that but you probably learned a lot from just having social chats with people you know people who yeah. people who had run um, ultra runs or people who had run marathons and you probably learned a lot just ha- by having conversations in the club well, I, I'm going to sound like a real prick here, Dan. But um, so <laughs> um, when I, the first day I went to the club, um, my friend Kat was there and she'd been with them for ages. And we'd sort of been active on social media. And I'd been saying, hey, guys, you know, I'm looking forward to coming to a run. And, and she sort of, she was probably the first person I spoke to there. And she's like, all right. I'm like, yeah. 
She goes, what, are you, what do you do? I was like, I've done some marathons. I'm trying to do four this year. And she went, have you ever done an ultra? I was like, um, no. And she went, come back to me when you have. Anyway, roll forward a, roll forward a little bit. And um, now I say to Kat, Kat, have you, um, have you ever run an ultra? And she's just like, oh, fuck off, Dave. So, <laughs> <laughs> so a bit of banter going on between you. A little bit of banter, but... Um, it it was weird there. There was there's some there was a handful of really good runners and and um, it was just a handful at the time I was there. Like now there's there's a few guys that are like sub three and on the marathon. And, um, there's a couple that have you know done Ironmans and that, but there wasn't. I didn't get enough. There wasn't that kind of. I, I knew I kind of wanted to do ultra marathons, and there wasn't that depth of knowledge there. There wasn't, yeah, the experience, and yeah, so yeah. I ended up becoming the, you know, me and a couple of other guys there after we'd done a, a few ultras, end up being the, the kind of the oracles on that. It's kind of a different story now. Like if you talk to a load of the guys there now, they've done they've done loads between them. You know, there's um yeah. um yeah, it's kind of it's sort of swung, but um. Okay, well, I suppose uh, you could, yeah, you yeah, just understand how the club started up, which was couch to 5k. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, um, that, that, that's cool to know though, because um, I've, obviously I've had a, um, I think I've had uh, Brett on yeah, the show. Brett. Brett's yeah. rad, eh? He's good, lo- lo- lovely guy, I love it. So it's yeah, it's just great to chat to um, you know, uh, have guests on the show who have been a member of all the different clubs. So I think mm. I'm trying to get a nice, good, good spread. I had someone uh anna anna smith james last uh week or uh, on the show who's runs with hedge end runners and i hadn't hadn't ever spoken to a hedge end runner before so it's just interesting to get a get a flavor for um you know for what kind of people get out of the club um out of the different clubs and stuff I mean, that's good well i would say like so um one of the things i did while i was there um i set up baffin's trail division and oh uh, yeah okay because i got that kicked off and we did a few a few trials and then started doing like a, a monthly cycle um of like four runs a month so there'd be like beginners and i like do like a workshop and then an intermediate then an advanced and then you know we do like a, a big long run okay. and um a guy matt headley took that over and i i know it's still it's still going now so that's kind of cool because that got people that basically never ran up hills to to start running trails and they've they've been really cool they've um since matt took over they and i think there's another guy colin that's taken it now they they go all over and you know you can't go to a trail race without seeing some of them you know it's kind of it's rad that it's added that uh, extra dimension and it's brought more people into like the, the trail running community so right. that was a massive positive yeah cool. good 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 now listen dave um you clearly for some reason that you, you obviously you know deep down had a real pull towards um the long distance stuff and you mentioned <laughs> you, you just touched briefly on the fact that you were going to enter race to the king oh yeah um, the first big 100k so well, um how did it go i mean tell us tell race us race to the king so you so your time was nine hours and 38 minutes jesus man you've googled me dude i've got to prepare for these man you know what i'm saying <laughs> okay, so i had one goal before that that race uh-huh to come in the first page of results when you flip through the results on their website. Okay. That's, that's and I think, goal, yeah. I think you had to come in like the top 40 or the top 50 to do that. And I think I finished 39th. So, okay, um, good. 
that was the only goal. My uh, that's when they changed mine. the website design, and you you didn't actually make the first page. <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> yeah. My, I remember a couple of weeks before my mate Becky, who um, kind of switched me on to trail running and um, ultra running. She said, "Come on, Dave, what's your goal?" I was like, "Oh, like, I don't know, like 12 hours." And she was like, "No, what's your real goal?" I was like, "Well, I think I can do it in under 10." She was like, "Yeah, yeah, you should be going for that." And like, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I had no idea what was going on. And I think sometimes that's that naivety is like better. Um, I didn't overanalyze any of it. I I knew most of the course because we, you know, we had recced it over the the months previous but i hadn't like i didn't know about anything to Nutrition. do with ultra running yeah like yeah. so i did the whole thing i just took like cis gels for nine hours oh. i think i think i had some coke um i had a mars bar uh like when you get to like cocking or whatever it was like the best thing ever yeah but yeah i just i, I knew i had to walk bits of it i knew yeah. i should run bits of it but I didn't you know. Must have, you must have walked up the hill at Cocking. <laughs> I know there's a funny story on that, actually. I didn't. And <laughs> so this is, <laughs> like, so the ultra running and trail running community are like the nicest people in the world. Um, but you always meet one dick. And I'm pretty sure that for everyone else's story, I'm that dick. Um, <laughs> but um, I was, yeah, so I'd grabbed like the, it was like a, like a Mars bar, type thing i'm pretty sure it was a, a little or um audi variant but it was i tell you what it was the nuts at the time and i just crossed over the road and run past the farm and then the hill starts and like, anyone knows that hill it's like it's a bastard of a hill it's and, long. Was, <laughs> and it still kind of doesn't stop it just keeps going on and on and on mm. um i was with this um girl and we were just chatting and like eating and trying to take on some fluids and stuff and we like we had a bit of a march and then this guy suddenly appeared next to us and like he was like this i mean he was probably a really nice guy um but he was like hello how are you i was like yeah good he's like oh what's your time goal today i was like oh, i kind of want to do under 10 hours and he said oh you won't do that and i was like what what the hell anyway he carried on like talking to us for like another two or three minutes and like, he was just so negative. And he was like, I've done this race before, blah, 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 blah. And Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and like, you know, it's kind of hard when you're on an uphill to adjust your pace too much. Um, but I turned to this girl and I just said, look, I'm really sorry. I'm going to run. Um, so I ran up that fucking hill um, all the way to, you know, like flattens out at the top and you get to the woodland. Yeah, the foresty bit. Yeah. yeah, I got to the foresty bit and then I was like, right, I'm done with running for a bit. <laughs> so the bit I should have started running, that's um, that's where I stopped running. But yeah, I ran up the hill. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of my fastest times up there. <laughs> wow. wow. I think I've, like, I've, I've managed to run that hill a couple of times, but yeah, it, it always, normally for me, it's just like a on a on a marathon run or something from QE. Mm. So it's a perfect marathon to cocking. Yeah. But. Um, it's normally just that nice treat, like okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna hike a bit of this hill. Um, yeah, so I always look forward to that. <laughs> so yeah, I did I did race to the king with my mate Simon. Um, Simon Borum. I don't know if you've had him on here. Um, no, I haven't had Simon yet. He, not, should not do. Yet. Um, me and Sai, like you know, we did, we both visit. It was our first ultra. 
and we ran the first we must have run the first 20k together and um we controlled the pace and everything spot on and then it was just clear that i was having a, a bit of a better day and so i just carried on and i just carried on and i just carried on and my i'd never run 50k before and 50k was basically the top of butts hill mm-hmm. and that's where i told my wife to meet me um i was halfway up butts hill and my friend becky who i just talked about she was stood at the gate and she saw me at the bottom of the hill and she just like she shouted some like expletives at me go run you fucking ginger <laughs> i was like fuck you i ain't running but um so i hiked up butts hill becky's there and so we're like chatting all the way up and she's making me jog a little bit got to the car park at the top and like it was the first time i'd seen my wife that day and um yeah so like refueled and blah blah blah. and i knew like essentially from butter hill it was kind of downhill um and it was like 30k left to go or whatever um i think it ended up being like 38k but i just got it done Mm -hmm. and yeah i like felt good crossing the line oh man it felt amazing there was um, there was definitely stages in there where like I got cramped like I'd never had cramp before. Mm. It felt like someone. I think I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember exactly where it is. Um, it's somewhere between Old Winchester Hill and Winchester. But there's kind of. I'm sure there's like a farm there. It felt like I got shot in my calf. Like if you've ever had that sudden cramp, it was like, mm. oh my god, oh my god. I managed to. There was an aid station just there. And that was like super lucky. Yeah. And I went in, I was like, have you got anything salty? Um, and they went, well, we've got some salt. And so I literally like picks up a handful of salt. I mean, this is yeah. like, I picked up a handful of salt and just shoved it in my mouth. And they sort of looked at me and went, yeah, most people mix it with the Coke. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably a good idea. You learn but, the hard um, way. <laughs> <laughs> the, the cramp went. Um and then, yeah, kind of, like, I've got so many good memories from that day. But, yeah, I crossed the line and felt amazing. And then it was like, yeah, I've done an ultramarathon. And at the yeah, time, a big one as well. Yeah, yeah pretty. Yeah, like Race of the Kings. Like, yeah, it's a massive one. Eh? Like for a double marathon, like 50 miles. I think any, I mean, when it, I think a marathon's fucking hard, to be honest. Like, a half marathon's hard. You know, if you if you run it hard, 5K is like the reason I don't run 5Ks is because they're too bloody hard. Um, because yep. you have to you have to bust yourself. But yeah, so did that that first ultra marathon, and That's that was good. that was that. Cool, brilliant. And you and you obviously um, you still got the medal and stuff. Where where do you keep all your medals? Downstairs toilet. Downstairs. Okay. <laughs> all together on like hanging on a pile and stuff. Yeah, there's a few like I've just um, I think. What have I got? I think marathon and ultra marathon medals get on the medal hanger. Okay. Um, anything else goes in. I've got like this vase that I've got a load of. I just put them in there, but that's pretty full now. So cool. yeah, a few things are, are hung up, and um, there's one trophy in there that from a race. But um, yeah, the downstairs toilet. Now the downstairs toilet doesn't work, so no one ever goes in there. So it's basically like a, a downstairs cupboard. <laughs> it's a middle it's a middle room that's good yeah. 
so dude so that was it so so you so you pretty much i mean you've you had a massively quick intro to half marathon and marathon running and ultra running just like almost boom 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 there you go yeah absolutely I mean, a, yeah a lot of yeah. people run for years i mean the, I'm, I'm gonna say no story is typical because everyone's different and stuff but you know a lot of the time you hear people running for races for, for a quite for quite a number of years and stuff but i think more so nowadays you're seeing people uh break into longer distances pretty quickly i think yeah shoes there's, help and kit there's help. a lot i think the social media and the, just the publicity of like ultra events like i know even when like so this is what three years ago something like that i did my first ultra marathon and it it felt that you know i didn't know about a load of the 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 ultra marathons that have been going for tens of years i didn't know about any of that scene Mm. but there was a couple of race companies like um race to the um what they call the thresh is it threshold series um and yep. the ones that do round the island and like london to brighton there action was, challenge yeah mm. there was a couple of those companies starting to come through and really um push on social media yeah and i think just the social media thing combined with um like a boom in like park run and oh, i mean sorry a park race and hey, um, hey, hey, hey. Just, you, just, you, just you running you as a whole. To a park run ambassador, <laughs> yeah. You need to, you need to correct yourself. <laughs> but um, I think just running as a whole, it's yeah. that that community's grown over the last sort of four or five years. Mm. Well, it feels. I mean, it probably a lot of it is just me growing with it, but it definitely feels there's been a bit of a um, a, a boom and a growth in the number of companies offering. Um, races and i think when you look at things like utmb in western states and some of the big ultra events if you look at the number of people that have been entering year on year you go back sort of five years and you're almost you know it's like you had a, a one in two chance or a one in 1.5 chance of getting in yeah and now it's like you've got like a one in 10 chance you know it's um it's there's definitely been a, a, a boom in the in the ultra running in the ultra running world and i don't know if it's down to social media or just down to um a general increase in people running really but mm. it's i mean it's not a bad thing as long as races don't thing. keep getting yeah as long as races don't keep getting too expensive and i can go and do the race i want you know <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean there's so many race options now you can do an ultra pretty much any any weekend of the year in the uk now yeah um, absolutely it's just more there's more options there's more race companies it's uh, it's great and i think like you say, it's only really positives that come from it, um, apart from obviously overcrowding and, and not being able to get into races. But it gets people out, it gets people moving. It doesn't matter what pace people are, people are running at. You're still always going to have extremely fast runners who maybe look badly on slower runners. You always oh, I don't, do you think people look badly on slower I th- runners? You know, I, I don't see, think they do, you know? No, no, generally not. But I, but I do see... I do see conversations happening again online, this trolling and stuff. But you do see some pretty in-depth conversations where... Um, elites you know do get annoyed that, that they sometimes can't get into races because more people are running slowly but that's mm. only the next that's only the I, one next yeah like, I, 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 I do see that i see that with things like london actually london marathon yeah um, but, but yeah. overall i think it's a positive i think it's like you know the more people that can run the better and it doesn't matter what speed you go how long it takes you get active get out there and i think it things are going the right way definitely and there's, there's say, so many race options you know if you're doing an ultra marathon 
Um, yeah, we, talk, we talk about Race to the King. Like, so I, I got it done in, what was it? You looked it up, 9.30 something? 9.30, yeah. Yeah. So I think Simon came in around 12 hours, and then our friend Kelvin came in sometime after that. I can tell you who had the harder race, and it wasn't me. You know, it was the guy that that had been out there slogging for sort of nine, 15 hours yep. and had been through every, every emotion known, you know, it was like, it's the longer you go, the harder it is, man. Absolutely. Yeah. No, de- definitely. Run fast. It's fucking easier that way. <laughs> yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. And by the way, it was 49 seconds that you ran on top of that 938. So um, uh, yeah, but the course measured long, Dan. Let's you, call you it nine. Let's call it 939. <laughs> due to, um, due to, badges at the time or something i can't remember <laughs> what it was i think it was heat yeah they had to put an additional water stop yeah. so we we had to run an extra mile mm. now listen listen <laughs> um i don't want to I, I know i don't want to keep you for too for too much longer but we have got a couple of couple more things that i would love to discuss and dude i'm uh, so i'm good for however long good for time good yeah absolutely listen you in 2018 obviously now fully fledged ultra runner you've done your 50 miler and stuff you went across to canada and um and took part in that so i'd like to chat to you a little bit about canada and then we're going to move on to uh racing and running in uh, chamonix obviously for the ccc but your canada trip first you took part in uh, the golden ultra um was it a holiday or was it just a a, a trip out there just to race okay um so mentioned earlier my mate dave um Fat Dave, as he was called while he lived in South Sea, um, he, long story short, he was like a massive drug party animal, overweight, skateboarded a little bit, DJed, decided to leave Portsmouth, went around the world, found himself in Canada, started climbing, running, cycling, ended up to being quite good at trail running. Um, he said why don't you come out here and we'll do a trail run together we'll go and do this race i was like oh man that'd be amazing but i can't i can't go to canada on my own and the the christmas before i went i basically my christmas card from my wife said you can go to canada there was no plane tickets in there but it was just the um i was allowed to go to canada okay so yeah like a total solo trip to Canada I'd never been there before but staying with my mate Dave and um it was epic absolutely epic I arrived I think three days before the race totally jet lags um with the next day we um what did we do the next day yeah we basically started on our road trip so um he lived near Nelson and we drove sort of some of the way and then we, he parked up and he's like right we're gonna hike up this mountain and we're gonna sleep in this cabin at the top of the mountain i was like what the fuck you know you do realize we've got a race in a couple of days he was like yeah so we like did this hike um in like i didn't know anything there was like bears and i didn't know what was around bears, cougars, me, bears yeah. <laughs> yeah so we like we hiked up this thing we slept there it was like broke back mountain you know it was, but it was epic. It was absolutely epic. We were alone in the mountains, and it was absolutely stunning. And where I think where I'd snowboarded before, like I knew what the the alpine was like and what the mountains were like, and I knew 
how much I love being in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was just like, I'd never felt so good. Right, so we slept in this like log cabin, sort of refuge um, for the night, hiked back down. Then we drove to Golden. Um, and Golden, it's kind of like this nice little town. And they have um, this event they put on every year. It, it seems to be growing um, year on year. And oh, what's the name of the race director? Mag Scallion, I think her name is. And um, you should look it up. Golden Ultra. Okay. Yeah. Um, but they do they do a they do a three day event. They still do a three day event. They've sort of changed some of the format a little bit now. But the 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 format basically was day one you did a vertical kilometer, day two you did a 60k ultra marathon, which was basically at about I think it was 2,000 meters of climb. So it's basically straight up a mountain and straight down. Okay. Um. So yeah, you started at like 2,000 meters below the summit and you went to the summit and then you came down. And um, day three was like a 22 or 25k. Um, I'd say rolling trails. It was a lot more akin to what we have um, in the south. So more like Kiri Park, but. There was still like 800 meters of climb in that. Okay. So, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, but, but so like, testing on the legs. Yeah. So looking at all the, all the you know the magazine pictures and that it was you know it was always going to be sunny or autumnal and and it fucking snowed while there. It was. Wow. It, they they were like yeah we've never had snow before. There was people were building snowmen on the top of the mountains before we went through. So that that was I mean it kind of added to the fun you know so. Mm-hmm. Like if you've ever day one vertical kilometer, I had no idea what I was doing, none whatsoever, yeah. but just knew that I had to just keep going up. And for people that don't know, like a vertical kilometer, it's um you basically get a thousand meters of elevation climb in as short a distance as possible. This particular one was, I think it was over just under five k, so kind of a twenty percent gradient the whole way. And wow. I think the winner. Um, who came in one place before my friend Dave um, got it in like 45 minutes something like that 40 maybe 40 minutes I came in an hour and five hour and six something like that okay but it just didn't it was kind of just this bonkers thing but it was fun and oh, it sounds really good it sounds, sounds but, like, I've always wanted to try one of those vertical climbs yeah like, um, there was a point we were just like going over a boulder field I was like I think we must have the route wrong um but no that was the route and then you kind of finish that and then you're kind of like right i've got to run a 60k ultra tomorrow and it was like oh fuck you know here we go yeah but that happened and like i had no time goals or anything like that i just wanted to get it done yeah just for the experience yeah yeah i think i got to the I, i still remember i got to the top in like the top of the climb in like five hours or something and the reason it sticks in my mind is because my friend Dave, who was out there with, had won the day. He'd finished before I got to the top. Okay. So, yeah, it sort of gives you some indication of how good he is. He's like, yeah, I'm not going to blow too much smoke up his ass, but I do love him. <laughs> well, um, You'd have to send this to him so you can, so can hear it. <laughs> Well done, Dave. So, so I think it, like, by the time I got down as well, and like some of it was kind of like skiing a little bit because it was snow and you were like, mm. you know, you're just trying to do what you do. Um, 
that he he'd like gone home and had a shower but i met loads of cool people and i met and this is kind of like this this constant thing about meeting cool people on runs and um i met a guy called yan or jan and he was like this super nice guy and i'd met him the day before and i came across him basically with about 10 miles to go i I was just fed up well not fed up i just didn't want to carry anything else so there's an aid station so i was like can i dump my pack here and they're like yeah you can dump your pack so i was like i'm just going to run 10 miles like 10 miles is going to take me what an hour and a half at, at top so i can run 10 miles an hour and a half and you know when your mind's a little bit like do lally yeah yeah and like i'd forgotten about you know all these other things you might need like liquid and food and everything else i think i put a gel in my pocket but i was running along and i was like oh man i'm so i'm so thirsty i'm so thirsty and i bumped into this guy jan and um i was like dude can i is there any chance i can have a, a drink and he's like yeah man totally and we got chatting and it, it was just this, like last 10 miles and he was struggling and i was i was in a pretty good shape but mm-hmm. massively dehydrated anyway we kind of crossed the line together um like we're still friends now you know and good. that was that was years ago and then yeah like the final day like i just met loads of cool people on that if like the final day I had a really good day i ran yeah. fantastic like I, you know for me i ran fantastically amazingly so after you've put yourself through through what you think is really hard for two days i did i woke up in the morning for the third day i didn't think i could um walk and then as soon as like you know the the gun goes off to start i was kind of my legs just went all oh, right we're doing this now and, yep. and carried on but then yeah we partied my mate dave won the whole thing cool. so he won like he got like two thousand dollars so we went to banff we were going to go to banff anyway and we just partied um and we stayed in this like really plush hotel we'd already booked in there to stay there a night and then there was like there was a problem with the smoke alarm and i complained to the management the next day and so they gave us a free night stay i think they thought me and dave were gay and on our honeymoon and <laughs> but because he'd got loads of cash like we stayed there for a couple of nights yeah and then we just you know we just um we just it was kind of like we were in our teens again we just partied and had fun and yeah, it was such a nice time, and because he was a friend that I'd spent like a lot of my sort of teenage years growing up with, we almost, you know, that it was just nice, That's and really we did this yeah. running in between. This running kind of happened, and it was great. And I met people there, and we, you know, and I just had a really good time. And Canada's amazing, and everyone should go there. And yeah, I, I, I didn't, one of the I didn't see a list. single bear. <laughs> yeah, I'd I'd love to go there. I'd love to go there. But did you did you um, when you said it snowed and they obviously hadn't had snow in that race before? Did you have to change um any of your plans in terms of your kit and stuff, or did you have uh, the right gear on you? Uh, so the the Canadians aren't right. I know it's going to sound really silly. The Canadians don't really run that much, from what I could tell. When it's muddy or snowy, they're not very good. They're not. It's either like if it's snowing, that it tends to snow properly. And so they're they're skiing or they're you know set out for like Arctic conditions. Okay, yeah. This sort of you know autumnal snow and slush and whatnot, they were kind of like, what the what's this? Okay. Um, so I I just had a pair of mud claws and I hadn't really intended on wearing them, but I wore them for the whole um the whole three days and that was 
kind of it really it wasn't particularly cold it wasn't like the wind wasn't too bad but i just yeah i had like a long sleeve and a um long sleeve base layer and a waterproof and that was kind of it but you have to pack for like every eventuality anyway don't you so i wasn't in like any weird like arctic kit or anything it wasn't it was just like when it snows here on the south downs you know yeah 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 you're right i think and when, especially when you travel overseas and stuff for racing you, you know you always think about okay what if it moves slightly this direction or that direction or the weather takes a Ooh. turn you tend to pack and be a little bit more more kind of prepared you're right but yeah and then uh, as soon as you got sort of into the trees it was kind of there was no snow and it was by the time i was at the bottom it was sunny again and you know in shorts and a t-shirt yeah no it sounds really good it sounds um sounds like a lovely place to visit and I'd you should go, go do it and I'd like, love to go it's, race out there one day a really fantastic would. event Mm, that's on my list that um canada and japan i'd love to go race in japan yeah uh, but yeah no so listen 2019 what huge, happened in 2019 dan huge um uh, yeah huge huge goal for you the ccc utmb week um now clearly i was there but this is all about your stories so i want to hear all about how, how you got on so listen were you shocked when you first got selected um for the race because obviously we, we were all quite lucky to get in that, that first time you know my story for this, don't you? No one else does. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> okay, so I've talked about Simon, who I ran um, Race of the King with. He's like a super good friend of mine, and he works for a, a running shop. And through his running shop, there's always a massive convoluted story. I'm really sorry, Dan, but hey-ho. Um, through his running shop, he got he won a prize to go to UTMB in 2018 as a spectator. And that prize was given by Columbia, who were one of the main sponsors. So he's out there and I'm messaging him while he's out there because I'm sort of watching it on YouTube and stuff. And um, I'm like, Simon, why don't you um, ask the rep if you can get us a couple of places? Because, you know, we'll have the points because, you know, we we'd acquired the, the points needed. I was like, see if you can get us a couple of places for CCC. Get a glass of wine. Go on. Um, see if he can get his in so he's like all right i will so he asked um the lady uh catherine and she was like yeah no problem and so we were like what the hell so wow we kind of got these two places so like we didn't like blagged it a little bit but um we didn't say we were like super good or anything we just said look we've got the points is there any way we can escape the ballot and they said yeah now it got better than that and it turned out that when we'd um, so when we went to register, our places had been prepaid, so we saved like the hundred euros or whatever it cost to, to enter the race. Wow! And then it started to get a little bit better, which is when the the care packages turned up, and no, we didn't get we we didn't get loads, but we got a winter care package and a summer care package. And each one contained quite a few pairs of trainers and shorts and windproofs and T-shirts and everything you could need. That's great. Like clothing wise. So we got all that stuff and it was kind of weird. We weren't ambassadors for them. Like we did a load of, you know, we did Instagram posts and tagged them in it, but they just kind of they just gave us some stuff. And it was, it was one of those, it's not what you know, it's who you know sort of scenarios, but, um 
kind well, of they're happy to do it then yeah then i mean yeah. a load of these companies have places don't they and you know yeah. and i think it's it's just one of those it's no different than getting into a box at old trafford or whatever because someone's got a you know yeah, someone's yeah. business got a season ticket it was one of those sort of things and so yeah we we went to do it and trained pretty hard um i talked about training plans i won't talk about training for that but basically involved going up and down lots of things yeah. um and then yeah we me and Sai flew out to chamonix and um i like super nerded out before the race and like in the weeks and months leading up to it i'd done a load of research on finishing times of people and then i'd look i sort of knew where i sort of wanted to finish what sort of time i wanted to finish in and then i'd look up people's stravas and then I, I basically got all the results for like ccc for the last year and wrote this algorithm that showed me people that gained places after every checkpoint because in my mind you know if you're gaining places after every checkpoint you're probably running it well and so <laughs> I, I just like total nerd out and like so i focused on like like three or four um runners in there and looked at all their splits and then figured out paces for running up and down um so i basically had a pace like it gets worse dan i was on their strava or strava stalking people i was seeing what sort of training they were doing before mm. um what sort of training they were doing now like looking at their itra points and seeing whether it was kind of akin to them based on the race i'd done whether we had similar rankings blah 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 okay and, and i sort of found a handful of guys and i was like right let's look at their things and i worked out a load of timings and so i worked out a time a pace for going uphill because all the gradients are pretty similar they're basically fuck it's steep yeah yeah, or, a big shock. <laughs> yeah or it's a little bit flat or you're going downhill so I worked out my pace going uphill, downhill and flat and then added a bit of time to them because of, you know, it's it's the mountains and put those all together and came out with a target time of around 20 hours. And I had it all written out. I had a spreadsheet. Like nothing goes wrong when you've got a spreadsheet and I had all these things. I had it sealed in a bag in my pack. And for the first 30K, for all the checkpoints i was bang on give or take a minute and yeah it was um absolutely brilliant and obviously i was gonna smash 20 hours anyway dan you met me at 30k didn't you just before 30k tell tell the listeners dan what you found do you know what i I normally this is the first ever question (laughs) i've actually answered on the podcast because i'm i'm normally the one doing doing the questions but it's fair to say and i'll and I'll, i'll indulge uh, Jason and I peeled into the the aid station. I can't remember where it was, but it was a little one with um, a little basically a water stop, stop, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just a water stop with a toilet. You were sat head down on a on a wooden table, feeling very sorry for yourself, and you were you were not only feeling sick and stuff, but you were pretty emotional with it as well. So I think we we sat with you for about five to ten minutes and just kind of tried to pull you around a little bit. But you we did end up leaving you at the table with a bit of food and stuff, and you had drink and. You know, I think you just needed to have a bit of rest, um, and and that turned out all right. So, yeah, the first 30k had gone really well, 
but what I'd kind of neglected was the fact it was like 30 degree heat and for the first at least 10k maybe 15k I hadn't been fueling at all like nothing and you kind of like when you're doing long events you kind of you need to start fueling from the start you know it's like it's a long you have to it's like a long picnic you have to eat 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 and and so I've with the sun on my back and going pretty hard I was pretty sure I was kind of not on the well probably on the verge of heat stroke but also really bad hydration and nutrition and while I hadn't started to cramp or anything like that my body was just going what the you know, what are you up to, Dave? You know, yeah. we're not for this. So, so, yeah, so where you saw me um, was pretty much at my breaking point. And if I'd have got some phone reception there, um, which I couldn't get, I'd have phoned my wife and said, I'm going to DNF, and I'm really sorry about the last few months. But I couldn't get any phone reception. Anyway, that turned out to be quite a good thing. So shortly after you left, um, which was absolutely the right thing to do, I suspect you chuckled as you went down. I would have um I... do you know do you know what we we honestly didn't because i've i've been there before i know what that feels like <laughs> well not... damn hang on we'll get to that um <laughs> so yeah that so that was kind of it was just after a summit wasn't it um it was like a little descent to that aid station and then basically the next aid station was at the bottom of it was back in the valley and so i sort of hobbled down that section and into the tent there and lo and behold, there's you and Colin. Yep. And my God, Dan, you weren't looking particularly perky. It was like looking in a mirror from the previous aid station. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that aid station, um, I just ate everything I could. I like took some rice in, some stock, cheese, biscuits. I must have drank about a litre of Coke. Um just ate everything and we I've, i suppose it, like in my mind i was in there for about five ten minutes i think in reality it was probably in there about 15 20 minutes and then we all kind of dragged ourselves out didn't we we were yeah. just like right we've got to crack on with this and the heat had the heat had disappeared by then and kind of off we went and mm. it was i remember it really well because it was 10 miles to the next checkpoint and it was kind of like the flattest section of the race yeah so you do sort of two climbs so obviously you do you straight up and then down then up then down and then this was yes you'd done two of the climbs so three left to go but this was kind of like the flat section in between and i started off on that 10 mile section at like great south run pace or like eight minute mile pace and um i remember you I, I remember one point, like not far in, like two miles in, I must have hid behind a building and you came around the corner. Oh, man. And, and I just went, boo! <laughs> that just shows how, like, the difference between that shows, like, the emotional roller coaster your body and you go on. Yeah. Where, um, like, you, you were in a place that was not like you you did you didn't want me to jump out from behind a building and say boo i was Um, on the spiral down i was on the spiral, and it was getting worse yeah and so yeah like i suddenly i was on this like massive up curve and um i'd say almost from that point i kind of the heat dropped out the day like i i I just carried on and i've you know i looked back a couple of times for you guys and i think in things like that you 
unless you you kind of make a solemn oath to to stick together, which we hadn't done. You know, no. it wasn't one of those. It was kind of like you just run your own race, don't you? And because Absolutely. because that's so you're you're out there for essentially for yourself. And um, I tell you what, I tell you what was hard though is um you know when you do uh you know get together with a with a friend or running partner or whatever, mm. and you do one of these races, and it does come time for for you to split at that point that gets a really that's a really hard conversation to have and i've yeah it's happened twice to me now and you know you're just the, the person who's leaving and running ahead doesn't want to leave because they feel bad but the person who's staying behind feels bad about keeping the other person yeah slower it's, it's just a, you one have of those to some point split yeah i and um, one of the things i've learned from races in the past is you've got to run your own race and and i think well for me i have to run my own race i can't that i can't run with someone else the whole way and because you feel like exactly what you just said you either feel that they're slowing you down or you feel that you're slowing their you're slowing them down and you never kind of reach this happy place of just doing what it is you want to do mm. and um so yeah there's like i did berlin marathon and I ran it with a mate and he said I went off too quick. Our target time was 3.20. I came in in 3.19. He still to this day says I did it too quick and um, says I left him. You know, it was one of these and we sort of fell out about it at the time. Yeah. And we like, we look back on it now and we laugh. But um, yeah, in, in a long race, like a 24-hour race or whatever, you can't, like, having said that, I've made plans to run South Downs Way with a mate. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, we'll see how that goes your first hundred it might be a good idea I, I, I did that i did my first and my second um with jason skiro and yeah mm. that works out really well but you're right it's um there's such an erroneous strange pattern to how you feel in a hundred miler that to get one I- exactly matched to somebody else is is going to be rare so i my mate alex we were we did like, like a virtual event um we just we did like a 50k couple of weeks ago and we got to about 38k into it and we've been running reasonably hard i suppose put quite like we put 1500 meters of climb in um the 50k yeah. and so about 38k and he goes oh you know what's good i always get a wobble about 36k and i'm over it and i was like okay like subconsciously I'm thinking I never normally get a wobble about 36k what's he what's he on about literally 2k later I'm like man I'm dying here I don't know what's going on Uh, I don't even know I'm gonna be able to finish today and (laughs) yeah no I think because it wasn't like a race situation he stuck with me and we you know we it just happens it it just happens and um but yeah so like in a long race you you kind of you don't know when these I call it going to the pain cave, but it's like a wave of emotion. You don't know when it's going to come. Mm. And so after I saw you, I pretty much, well, I did run the whole thing on my own, really. Um, so I remember going through like 50K. You go into that big aid station where you get like a proper meal. Um, Where's that? A champagne lac? Yeah. And, yep, then, the one. and then it was like nighttime when you come out and spent the, spent the evening going up and down mountains in the dark um which i fucking loved to be honest i mean i can't say there was too much running involved there must have been some mm. um 
but it was definitely a lot of hiking and I I kind of changed my strategy I kept to the sort of pace zones you know I realized I'd lost a load of time from where I wanted to do because of what happened but I kind of stuck to my pace zones of this is the time this is the speed I want to go up mountains this is what I want to do on the flat but then just allowed more time for sort of recovery at aid stations um and what I found is like down here we the maximum climb you can get on the south coast like where we live in Portsmouth is I think it's around 200 meters a real push and I know one particular climb um you've done the lap of dead mouse with me um there's one particular climb where I'm pretty sure you can get you can just about squeeze 200 meters out of it Mm -hmm. and so all of these sort of thousand meter, 800 meter climbs, I was just breaking them up. And every time I got to like 200 meters, I, you know, I wasn't looking at distance. I was looking at elevation Yeah. and I'd just go, right, 200 meters, right, have a sit down, have a sit on a rock, you know, eat something, right, everything's good, carry on and blah, 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 blah. And yeah, okay, go going. And then, so four of the five mountains done and get up to the top of the fifth one you i don't know if you got the same but the fifth one jesus there must have been about four or five false summits on that yeah and it was like really loose like shaley sort of very it wasn't rocky. like a big slab it mm. was just like running on I wouldn't like to run across it in the light on fresh legs, you know, and running across it in the dark um, was pretty scary, actually, on your own. And I fell over once. I got my foot caught and I thought like, I've still got a ma- I fell on my arm and I've got I still got a massive like dent in my arm, in my forearm bone, on my right arm. where I fell and like I cried and like, literally cried. It was the second time I cried that day after you saw me crying at 30k <laughs> but i was like oh shit man you know i'm like i'm gonna die on top of this mountain here um anyway pulled myself together cracked on a little bit did a bit of running um went down the mountain descent into chamonix by the time i get into chamonix over the footbridge i think i recorded a sub five minute kilometer running through chamonix <laughs> Yeah, that's cool, isn't it? Because we, we, uh, it's just such an exciting time when you finish that race. It's incredible. Yeah. And then like the day had broken, and but that was kind of cool because um, like we had friends out there, and so my friend Paul um, Paul Reader was he saw me at the finish and like he videoed the finish, and that was epic. And he immediately like looked after me, and we. I went out and pounded like five beers for breakfast and then had pizza and then went back for a nap. Um, you know, and I, I think the race didn't go to plan, but the race got done. Um, I know your race didn't go to plan, but the race got done. Mm. Colin's race went pretty well from what I can tell. He came in, you know, like a few minutes after me. Simon's race, um, I mean, this is a reason you should get Simon on. He, I won't ruin the story, but he basically timed out at a checkpoint due to a communication uh, translation issue, um, which really sucked. Yeah. Um, 
and and obviously Dave Harvey was out there and he smashed UTMB. Yeah. And but the whole time in Chamonix, like what a what an amazing celebration of running. Yeah, it's um, just incredible. Such a good week. I, I highly recommend it to anybody. It's uh, just to go out and be there. Yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely it does. Well, listen, absolutely amazing. I mean, congrats on on all those ultra runs that you've done and all those marathons and stuff. What was your time, Dan? We never, I, I never knew what your time was for UTMB CCC. It was, tw- I think it was twenty three forty nine or something like that, somewhere in there. So I, that was my goal was to come in sub twenty four, um, mm. and I didn't think I was going to make it halfway, but yeah, I I got through it, so that was good. It's um. You can't judge it by the 100k that it is. It's no, um, no way. It's definitely it's more than a 100k race. And I've done, I did a 110k race over the North Downs, and it took 14 hours. Mm. And yeah, it's a different, it's a different thing. It's a different yeah. ball game. Yeah, highly recommend it to anybody who wants to go and experience the uh, the epic mountains. Now, listen, um, Dave, what um what kind of goals have you got coming up? Just just before we we kind of close off uh, close off this interview, have you got any? Um, obviously, you mentioned your first hundred miler, but have you got anything else that's kind of in mind to uh, to get done? Um, so the race calendar's kind of gone to shit, eh? Um, I've booked in a couple of ultras with Maverick Race, so I'm doing cool. a couple of fifty odd k's, but they're pretty much in a training block. So it's just to go and have fun and see some friends and. Um, probably try and finish top 10 i guess in those um but yeah the the, the main goal is um south Downs way 100 i was meant to go to cappadocia in turkey and do cappadocia ultra trail, ultra trail but with the covid thing and mm-hmm. the proximity to um south Downs way I've, I've knocked that on the head okay. and then yeah i kind of i like i don't know what the goal is for next year um so have to wait and see what uh, what happens with travel and stuff, yeah, and just yeah, exactly. It's it um, I'm gonna I've got two FKTs that are kind of gonna have a pop at. Okay. Um, they should be fun. But yeah, the to be honest, like if if the hundred, you know, I think anyone's goal for their first hundred is to finish, eh? Mm-hmm. Um, my goal is to finish in under 24 hours. Okay. And if that goes to plan it's in november it's almost perfect time to have like six weeks off um through christmas and actually just take well, i really want to take some time out to okay. um just recuperate i guess and just chill okay and, and just run without a without a goal that makes sense actually that's a good that's a good goal to have that's a good kind of future goal to have 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 some time off i don't think anybody's kind of ever mentioned that before but yeah it raises a kind of super important point that our bodies can't continue doing more and more and more and uh eventually at yeah. some point you've got to you've got to chill for a bit so that's important that's good listen um where can people uh like follow you and, and your running adventures and stuff you, you've got an instagram and social media accounts driver profile yeah, so my Instagram is at gd und- gd underscore runs, so gd cool. for Ginger Dave. Cool. And I believe on Strava, you can. I think I've got the Strava dot com forward slash gd underscore runs. Okay, cool. Um, I think I've got one of those things. So do you, do you have a blog? I, I tell you what, if you go if you go into my if you go into my Insta. 
there's like a link tree there and you can get through to my Strava anyway. Hey? Perfect. Cool. Absolutely brilliant. Um, uh, one thing we haven't mentioned uh, much of is the the Coros thing. Obviously, you you and I joined the the Coros ambassador team uh, in the UK, which has been great, and that's kind of like opened up a lot of uh, a lot of interesting doors and uh, yeah, all the watch, running watches and stuff. But how are you enjoying your your Coros Coros Apex Pro? It's a good watch. What more can I say? It's simple as that. It does exactly what it says on the tin. Um, I've I am really honest with why I switched from Garmin to Chorus. And the reason is I've had several Garmins and after two years, the battery dies and um, then you kind of get no support. Now, Garmin make good products and they make good products, but I can tend to buy a watch for with a particular event in mind. So for me, um, it's like I want my watch to last 24 hours um maybe more so when i like during ccc i had to charge my garmin twice which probably doesn't sound like much of a stress but when your mind's all over the place and you're kind of you know you've got this thing strapped to your waist belt or whatever and you're trying to plug a battery pack into it and you're worried about pressing pause it kind of it became this massive stress yeah it is yeah and I suppose you could say, well, I don't need a watch, just run for whatever. But, you know, if it's not on Strava, did it really happen? And um, <laughs> Yeah, I know. You need, you, you need that trace, man. You kind of you kind of want it, you know. And um, so for, yeah, like the battery life is phenomenal. Um, I can't, I was looking at it today, like, so if I look at my battery usage now, so it says I've got 43% left, right? I charged it um, nine days ago. Um, and I only charged it to 95%. I've done 10 and a half hours of GPS workouts with it. Um, I've had a heart rate on the whole time. I've been using navigation. It's bonkers, man. It's just, it's crazy. I don't know how they've done it. Honestly, I'm, when I, I, mean, so I bought mine last year for specifically for the Grand Union Canal Race, and when I saw the watch and what it offered in terms of battery, I was, I thought it wasn't real. And then the more I looked into it, the more I saw that, you know, there were, there were massive athletes out there like um, Camille Heron and uh, yeah. Zach Ritter and stuff using them. And I was like, okay, well, if they're good enough for these guys, then they're definitely good enough for me. And there's lots of so clever happy. touches. And mm-hmm. there's lots of clever touches. And I'm like, sort of alluded to before with spreadsheets, I'm a bit of a, a nerd when it comes to these things. But there's things like how quickly it dims, how quickly it gets rid of the second hand if you've got an analog watch face on there. You know, so it shows this stuff. Yeah. But it doesn't and like your daily heart rate it doesn't do it constant it doesn't do it every like second it's doing it every 10 minutes which to be honest for your daily heart rate is probably fine you know it's different in activity where it does it constant mm. there's yeah, yeah. there's clever things um around battery use and a lot of it is around things like brightness like i found with my garmin to get anywhere near the times they said um the battery would last i had to turn the brightness down to like 10 10 notifications off do this and that and don't talk to me about ultra track mode because that is a waste of time yeah unless you're running a straight line yep or not even a straight line like maybe if you're standing still it's accurate (laughs) plus or minus a thousand kilometers yeah (laughs) yeah like chorus is great and like 
um it's kind of nice to be with a new a new company they're really so they're really receptive to their um their customers mm, and that's much. what i found garmin weren't you know garmin just kind of like well sod you yeah you've had it two years just buy a new one we're bringing out a new one whereas chorus it's like oh yeah i've got a problem this kind of isn't working or this isn't working or and they go all right okay and they react and they update the firmware or they um you know if there's a physical problem with your device they seem really good at replacing things um and yeah that's good like day to day for me is perfect and like the training modules in there really good um the accuracy seems fine i don't want to listen to music on it so that doesn't bother me you know same as me uh all that extra stuff i could just push away just i don't want it they they target it at a they are targeting at the um less of the lifestyle they're not targeting the lifestyle end of the market they're targeting the um performance end of the market and particularly with some of the models the endurance side of it um yeah, they, they seem to have a watch that kind of like matches the the big kind of mountainous kind of hikers yeah. like this the Pennine Way type stuff we were talking about earlier, and then they've got the uh, uh, they they have got one kind of like a track a track run. They've got the yeah, pace, so the pace, pace hey? watch. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Um, and there may be some. some I think we can say that the pace T is coming out because it's yep. pretty much all over social media. Yeah, no, that's true. And then they've got the the obviously the the um, Apex Pro that you've got and the Apex uh, standard that I've got, but. Yeah, really good. I mean, I I ran 100k on. Well, I charged it last week. I ran 100k on Saturday, and I've run all through this week. And I've got, I think I've got about ooh, 59, 60% battery still. Bonkers, isn't it? It's, cra- it's just insane. And that was with heart rate. It's yeah. just, I don't I don't know how they've done it. I reckon it's magic. There's like some wizardry going on here, but <laughs> uh, it's a clever chipset, and it's. I think it's just really efficient use of what it records so that you get enough data but it's not overdoing it if mm. that makes sense yeah i know no, definitely but listen if you want to find out more about the watches or you're interested in discount codes finding out more about the products and stuff get in touch with uh with gd underscore runs or myself that's no problem at all I'm always happy to help out but dave um at the end of every interview i <laughs> i run through some quick recovery run questions so i'm gonna i'm gonna fire these off these are quick quick answer ones uh, so hopefully you'll have uh, you'll have something something prepped or something will come to mind uh, when I, I ask them. So, prep, man. <laughs> so here we go. Ready? One, two, three. Right. What shoes are you currently running in? Uh, for road Nike Infinity Reacts, um, Epic Infinity React Run. For anything trail, it's an innovate shoe. I've got like five of them. Cool. Uh, name a running related book or film that you could recommend uh, to the listeners. Ah, uh, film. I've got to say Barkley Marathons. I know it's uh, one of those people see, but it's fantastic. Fantastic. Good, good choice. And you can find that on Netflix or YouTube to buy. Um, Favourite route to run in in or around the Portsmouth area? A lap of Dead Mouse. Okay, Dead Mouse. Now, listen, if if you're not familiar with Dead Mouse or how to find it, is there a Strava? There is a Strava segment called Dead Mouse. If you, I don't think it's hidden. Um, okay. I definitely created it, but it's um, it starts at Kiwi Park, and it's about seven miles. It's about a seven-mile loop, 
and you okay. do like a lap of the park um through some steep trails and you go up and down parts of hill but it's cool. a great it's a great um great route go and do a segment explore um, for you listeners out there and find i'll make sure it's, i'll make sure it's public there we go good uh your favorite breakfast routine before a race ah okay um so i do like this overnight oats thing so i'll put a banana like three tablespoons of oats some honey some peanut butter some cashew nuts some flaxseed and tends to be cow's milk if i'm feeling a little bit adventurous i might even put in some nutella and then i just leave it in the fridge overnight in a like a blender thing wake up in the morning put it on to blend and drink that like a pint of it so it's not vegan um i suppose you could replace quite a lot of the things in there to make it a bit more vegan or vegetarian but yeah that's kind of like something that's that super I pretty juice. much have ginger yeah. day super juice Sounds and good. I have a, an espresso and an orange juice as well to go with it and sometimes cool. I have a Mars bar as well good <laughs> Mars bars are always good for anything any time of day uh, what's your favourite ever moment in a race what any race yep well, how do you mean well have, is there a moment that you've had in a, in a race whether it's crossing the line or something uh, an, an epiphany during a race something that kind of sticks out in any of the events you've done and it could be it could be even your favorite moment well that's what yeah, that, that was the question <laughs> uh yeah i mean it's not it's there's funny moments there's like i i love crossing a line there's no you know i always love crossing a line and i love running along and being cheered on and all that shit um I think my favourite moment, it's kind of, I was running up a hill in Race to the King, walking up a hill in Race to the King, and I was chatting to this cyclist called Dave, who like this old guy. I don't worry, I'm not going to go on some rambling story. Um, we are going up old Winchester Hill, and he was like, hang on a minute, there's a car behind us, I'll tell him to fuck off. Turned out the car behind us was my wife. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> It was definitely, I know it sounds silly, but that was definitely one of my favourite moments of running. It was kind of, it was just funny. Brilliant. <laughs> and I, yeah, I, just, I, I just love funny and friendly moments in, in races. Yeah, cool. Thanks, man. That's good. Um, did you actually, sorry, I've got to ask, did you actually say that to the car? And then you realised, or were you going? Yeah, no, you no, no, he, no, I didn't. Like, oh, I, he, didn't. He's like, he, he went, don't worry, I'll tell him to fuck off. Oh, that was him. Great. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> excellent now listen dave also what i ask is um is there anything you want to add about the running community down south in portsmouth around portsmouth um about you know about its clubs its runners the city itself anything really that kind of helps summarize the running community down here yeah sure i um i think the whole community down here is super supportive and positive and um there aren't many dicks to be fair you know if there are i'm, I'm probably one of them um no matter <laughs> you're, which, you're, you're uh, adamant on this aren't you <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah it is what it is um right, whether it's baffins whether it's pompey joggers whether it's demi striders whether it's um oh, i can't remember what's the gospel team called gospel 
come on, Danny, you're going to have to help me out here. Whether it's oh, Picture Athletics Club. Um, seen, where, I can see the yellow tops. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. God. There's a really, and Pompey Triathletes, there's a really nice community um, of runners and really supportive. Mm-hmm. And like you, we've got this Pancake Flat Island, which is pedestrianised pretty much entirely around its perimeter and you can just run um all around it and see loads of people running we've got you know junior park run actual park race um (laughs) great run um local we've got the great south run which is you know one of the best 10 mile races in the world Rob, Rob, all Rob Piggott stuff as well. We got, yeah, I mean, yeah, Rob stuff's rad. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely hate his races sometimes because they never measure the distance they're meant to, but that's half of the fun of it. Um, but yeah, we've got a great community and this kind of great place to run. And like, if you run from one end of the seafront to the other, you go past like, I think it's five scheduled ancient monuments. Um, you know, if you get into the dock, you know, towards the dockyards, you see, you know, ships that you see, it's like the home of the British Navy and mm-hmm. all of this stuff. It's like the heritage that's there. And you kind of, I don't know where else in the, in the world you kind of, you get that just jogging along the seafront. It's kind of, there's this whole thing. And even though it's flat and even though it's not trail and off road, if you run along that seafront or anywhere around the island um, day in, day out, you see the seasons and you see the, see like the power of the sea and the different conditions and the wind direction, all this stuff. And it puts Mm. you as much as we're a city, you do feel at one with nature. And I think, and you feel the strength of nature and the power of nature. Yeah, I'd agree. And I think, that's kind of that's like rad isn't it you know yeah, pretty good and, and and then like also we've got a really low covid infection infection rate so it's like a really healthy place to live there we go <laughs> yeah, that's it the sea the sea kind of breaks it breaks the city in half and just adds a adds a real natural element to that 50 percent, which is great dave listen uh thank you so much um yeah for coming on and kind of sharing your story and stuff and i know we could have dug so much deeper into a lot of races and stuff and we you know we could spend hours talking but it was really nice to kind of hear that summary and i think it's it's kind of like a really remarkable story in itself because it just goes to show how quickly you've kind of jumped into the running you know from 2015 to now it's not a long time at all and i think you've kind of shown that you enjoy the long distance running you enjoy a good challenge your heart as nails when it comes to to getting through difficulty in races and stuff and really challenging yourself so i look forward to hear what um what goes on in the next few years coming up ahead and, and what kind of stuff you, you take part in and how you get on with your hundreds. So thanks so much. I know we'll be seeing each other soon um, for a run at some point, but thank you again, dude. I really appreciate it. No, thank you. And um, if anyone wants to help pace me on the South Downsway 100, just uh, just drop me a note. <laughs> get in touch. Well, that might be me. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Listen, Dave, look after yourself and take care. Cheers, buddy. Good.